Welcome back to the Becoming More podcast, episode number six. Before we get started, I want to ask you to like and subscribe on YouTube and rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really helps the show get uh, noticed more. Here in Becoming More, we go in depth talking to some amazing people about how they have changed their lives dramatically and have also inspired others to do the same. Today, I am joined by the birthday boy, Frank Markasek. Frank, how are you doing today? I'm doing super, Brett. Thanks for asking. How are you, man? Doing pretty well, pretty well. It's a nice night to record here in Baltimore. It's not raining yet. It will tomorrow. So, you know, that's always fun. <clears throat> so, Frank, um, I start every episode by asking every guest, what is the bottom line of their journey? Because they said so. So what, what would you say yours is? Uh, stone cold, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... I was at a point in my life in April 2019 where things had become so bad and I felt so low that I was afraid that I was going to die. And uh, lucky for me, I took a trip with uh, three friends to Nashville, Tennessee for uh, my friend's uh, bachelor party uh before he was getting married in a few months and I didn't really want to go because I had a bad feeling it was going to turn out bad because knowing Nashville in the past that there's a lot of rooftop bars and it was just a whole lot of walking and uh, everything went bad from the very beginning for me. Uh, fitting into Ubers was uh, near impossible. Uh, just uh everything could go wrong that could go wrong. And, uh, I went to a Chicago Blackhawks Nashville predators game and I couldn't fit in the seat for more than a minute. And I got up, I cried my eyes out. I stood by the standing room only section, uh, went back to the hotel with those friends. I looked in the mirror while the three other guys were in another hotel room and asked myself, do I want to live or do I want to die? And for me, that was the breaking point of, you know, the downward spiral that was uh, my life for a long time. And so I promised myself that I'm going to give this a real chance and to try to really make this work this time after several failed attempts over the years and got back on a Sunday night and that Friday morning on April 12th. I weighed in at 557 pounds and uh, I haven't looked back ever since, man. Yeah, it's quite a quite a start to your journey, right? At, at least this this phase of it, because I know as so many of us, like you go up and down in, in the past. I mean, it wasn't just the all of a sudden the light bulb went off this time, right? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, uh, so and when you mentioned the, the seats at stadiums and stuff, because I remember I had a similar thing like before. I really started and it was when I went to WrestleMania uh, in 2016 and I went and sat like I, I've been in arena seats before like it, they weren't uncomfortable but they were never this bad so it was at the Dallas Mavericks and Dallas Stars arena whatever it's called I think it's the American mm-hmm. Airlines arena yeah and um, <clears throat> so I sat down in our seat like I bought the we got the travel package to go to WrestleMania like had good seats for every show 
and I sat down in these seats and like they were so tight I couldn't even sit in it like I was sitting on top of the armrests and so we went to the hall of fame the before wrestlemania and i literally just i asked to, to the, if i could have like i went to like the handicapped area and they had like the folding chairs that you could sit in mm-hmm. so sat in that and then like but for monday night raw it was sold out and i couldn't get those seats so i had to sit in the seat i had and i literally just sat on it till eventually i like shuffled down oh. into it <clears throat> and that's the word and then you're just stuck and like i and anytime anybody had to get out of the seat out of the row i'm like i can't move so i'm like <laughs> i just they just climbed over me yeah, because I was right on. Oh, of course, I had end seats too. Because I was like, I, whenever you're a big guy, you always want the end seat so you can easy and easy out, right? Definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it, it, the the seat thing really, as I've heard you tell this story on other podcasts, and um, and the seat thing always got to me because I, I remember that uh, moment. So <clears throat> I like to take it back with each guest and kind of get like a background on um, your story, other than just like the overall weight loss. So I like to go back to like childhood. Like when you were growing up, were you always like a big kid or did you like have like a time where you just like exploded, like say high school or uh, college age, or was it just a slow progression as you aged and got into your twenties? I would say I was a pretty chubby kid Mm -hmm. for most of that childhood. Um, You know, fast food was always a big problem in my house and candy was a big problem. And, uh, I, I would say that when, uh, I started getting into high school, that's when I noticed that a real weight gain was beginning. I had, I was on, uh, the eighth grade wrestling team. And I know that my highest weight during, uh, that end of the season was 250 pounds. And by the time I was a senior in high school, right before graduation, I was 392 pounds. Wow. Wow. And, uh, I just, I'll just say it. I ate like an asshole, man. I I just, I just didn't care about Mm -hmm. any, any of that. I, I smoked a lot of pot, so that didn't help. And, uh, you know, I constantly had the munchies and I would always make three or four baked potatoes with onions and some kind of meat and cheese and butter uh, all the time, all Mm -hmm. the time, almost every day. It was like my go-to meal and it was utterly disgusting, but (laughs) guess what? I ate it. I didn't care. Yeah, and if it had a drive-through, I wanted oh. to be there. If, oh, yeah. it, if it had a dollar menu, I wanted to be there because that was the cheap way of eating, and you know it's fast. So, I I took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes going to several fast food places at a time to uh, crave my hunger, or so I thought. When you know, in all actuality, it was an addiction. Later that I found that out, but. Yeah, I was 392 pounds, uh, senior year of high school. And a couple years later, I went through my first big weight loss. I had dabbled with weight loss, but it was just small little spurts. So nothing really lasted more than like a month or two. Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> but it was uh, around Christmas of uh, 2007. No, 20. Yeah, 2006. That's right. Sorry. Sometimes, sometimes all these dates just got you know. <laughs> oh I just yeah, I, I, I know. We're, talk, we're life, talking about right? 15 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember a family party happened, and I wanted to commit myself after after that. So I weighed 400 pounds, and within seven months, I was down to 265. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. for, 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 for that quick of a turnaround, right? Yeah. But the problem was I was uh, really into diet pills, uh, specifically hydroxycut. I did a lot of weightlifting and I would barely eat. So with all that said, uh, it was a recipe for disaster. And as you know, Brett, going through, uh, you know, your journey, you could do all the fixing you want with your body, but until you fix your you know, your mindset and your head, this stuff never lasts. And it didn't last for me back then. And it took a few more times after that for it finally to click with me, but I'm really glad it did. Yeah, for, for sure. And, um, you know, I, I also like, I, I've, I've gone on many, many diets in my life. <laughs> Uh, and none, none clicked like this one has, um, because it's like you said, it's all about the mindset because yeah. once your mind gets right, like you're not, like, you don't need, I, I feel like, I feel like it's like where you realize you don't need the stuff like, and you didn't, yeah. even, you didn't even realize that you needed it before. Cause like no. you, you, you just did it mindless I, for me. I did it mindlessly so often. And, and, and when I, you know, when I did that, I was feeling so good about myself. I, you know, I had never felt better. I, you know, I was getting compliments all the time, but then I got too comfortable with myself mm -hmm. and slowly it was, the weight was creeping back up again. Slowly. I was not weightlifting. I was eating more. I wasn't giving a shit. And before you know it, I'm gaining hundreds of pounds back. Yeah. And it's just, it's just crazy. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy. The, the roller coaster ride that I've had, not many people would be able to handle it. Yeah. But that's yeah. why I'm so, I'm so, I'm so proud of myself to be able to withstand all of that today because it doesn't matter how many times I've done it. it didn't matter you know how many times I failed now I'm here now I figured it out it's better you know better late than never right and luckily I didn't have any major health problems and I was able to correct it before I was six feet under so yeah yeah, yeah and that's, I, um, that's the most important thing of any of any of it right yeah, I, I I could keep going a little bit if you want. No, go, I figured, go ahead. Uh, so I I was at that two sixty five and I was creeping up, and before you know it, I um, uh, it's hard for me to talk about, but you know I feel like sometimes you know it's 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 worth talking about on certain podcasts. I feel like today is one of those days. The way it was creeping up, and um, at the time I was working at a hotel. It was December 2009, and 
I was hollowed at gunpoint by two gentlemen around 4.30 in the morning. And uh, they robbed me of $300, I would later find out. And uh, which is pretty crazy to think about that I could have died over $300. Wow. And um, it really messed me up. And I was already feeling pretty low on myself at that point because it'd been a few years since I had really committed myself to wanting to better my health. So by then in December 09, the weight just got even worse and worse and worse. And now I didn't just have a food addiction. I was coping with this, uh, this uh, traumatic experience I had at the hotel with alcohol and uh, a big time gambling addiction and, you know, I felt so alone and that I couldn't talk to anybody about this. And it was really a painful time in my life, uh, a very painful time that no one could help me from. And I'm very lucky to even be alive through all of that because I... I felt, I felt, you know, I had the what if game played in my head all the time. What if this happened? What if that happened that night at the hotel? And it took me a few years finally for me to, uh, you know, not be, not be thinking about it all the time. That specific hotel that I will definitely not name. And I definitely will never go back there again to any of their places. They gave me three phone calls with a therapist over the phone for 15 minutes. And that was the only thing they did for me as far as that, that was concerned. When that happened to me, I was, I I worked overnights. Mm -hmm. So I was the only one in that hotel working for this place. And five days later, this manager expected me to go back to this place and do the same thing and think that everything was going to be okay. And I was there, you know, I probably should have left, but I ended up staying there for 15 more months and it was 15 more months going back to the place that I almost died. So I hated that place. I hate that place still to this day for obvious Mm -hmm. reasons, but yeah. So that spiral continued and it, it really dragged me down big time. And before you know it, in a few years later, I find out, uh, you know, so I, I finally uh, get a laid off in April of 2011. And so at that point, the addiction is still hidden pretty hard, but I'm not mm-hmm. working. So I'm not even working. So it's making it even worse. And it's just drinking 40s every day, making bets every day, whether it's sports or poker, and just feeling defeated and feeling worthless. And I did that for a few more years. And then in uh, the summer of 2013, I found out that my dad was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And if I wasn't broken before, 
that really broke me. And it's like, it's like there was this pattern in my life that all these things were happening to me. And I know that, you know, I'm all about like not giving excuses, but it was just so much to take in my head that I just couldn't overcome all these things. And so he finally, well, he passed away November of 2014 after 14 and a half months of having this lung cancer. And I wanted to make a change then. I wanted to honor him. And so I was able to quit smoking cigarettes uh, two and a half weeks after he passed. I've done that uh, December 4th, 2014, and I haven't had a cigarette ever since then. So that was one thing. That's good. And, then, yeah. and I committed myself to the health, but I didn't weigh myself or anything. I was just judging myself with clothes and just how I was feeling. But like many past journeys, it only lasted a few months. Wow. Yeah. Um, so so um, real quick, I wanted to go back and, you know, what you mentioned about the hotel. Um, yeah. I, I actually worked with some people. I worked in a movie theater when I was a teenager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the night, usually I worked this night, but I wasn't on this night. And we got yeah. robbed at some mm-hmm. point. And it's two friends of mine. And they didn't go back. I think they went back for like a month or two because, because of the, like the tra- trauma of it. I mean, they, they got like one guy got, I think he got like pistol whipped and then another person like got thrown over like the box office area. So, so th- th- there was more than just uh, like, th- like they were assaulted as well, but you know, it, it's, it's very traumatic. And just to think that they would only give you, you know, what, three 15 minute calls. And that's yeah. it. And that, that's, yeah. that's, that's that's just insane to me. Um, but not to live in that too long. But I just wanted to mention that. Um, but yeah. So so yeah. So so and then so stopping smoking is amazing because as anybody that knows that just not having another <laughs> vice that's not good for you on top of you already are you know have the uh, food addiction issues. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I forgot to mention that, um, that, uh, the, uh, very beginning of 2012, I got weighed by a nutritionist. Uh, finally, after my doctor said, you need to find out how much you weigh. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't, I hadn't known for years. So it was pretty, uh, pretty frightening. And I weighed in almost 500 pounds and it was at 498. And oh, wow. it was, um, it's pretty eye-opening, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. eye-opening. Anytime you see those numbers, because like you know, most of us are on the scale and they go up to like three fifty or four hundred tops, and then and then so so you're always like, eh, I weigh like four ten because they they can't tell at the doctor's office or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when you actually see the number and it's like approaching five or it's over five, and it just is like such a blow because you 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 want to kind of live in your own disbelief. I feel like. Mm-hmm for a while and then and then when you when you have it when you have to face it you're like well that's what it is you can't fight it it is what it is yeah yeah and then i i got down to uh i lost 125 pounds in like eight months Mm -hmm. and then i had gained weight again 
but then, uh, you know, so I was creeping around the 400 pound mark. And then I finally got back down to 345 in March of 2013. So, yeah, just another big weight loss that I thought I finally was starting to overcome my demons. But come to find out, I didn't. I didn't at all. And like I was saying before, I got too comfortable. And before you know it, you know, six years, uh, just a little over six years later, April 2019, I go from 345 to 557. Yeah, that's, I mean, I've been there uh, in, in some ways. Uh, but yeah, the, I, I, I wanted to ask you, so do you, did you find that like, as you were getting, so you had those six years where you gained 200 ish pounds, right? Mm -hmm. um, did, did you ever, while you were gaining in that time frame, did you ever think like, I need to go back on losing again? Or was it just kind of like just going through the motions of life at that point? Well, I did, I, you know, short, short periods of time. I mean, you know, I found out 498 on January 2nd of uh, 2012 uh, when my dad passed away in November of 2014. I really wanted to make a commitment then because mm -hmm. I just seen my father pass away and I wanted, I, I, I wanted to really take care of myself because I thought he would, he took care of his health and it wasn't enough. And that's why it really scared me to let, just like the cigarettes, the whole thing with that scared me because he barely smoked cigarettes and he had lung cancer. So, yeah. And I was smoking at least a half a pack a day. Okay. So Yeah. I mean, there were times where, you know, I was doing it off and on. I, I would do it for a few months and then gain for a year and then do it for a few months. And, uh, you know, leading up to culinary school in 2016, but then being in a kitchen was terrible for me. It was terrible for my mental health because here I am, I have this food addiction that I fail to acknowledge and I'm around food constantly all the time. And I'm going to Chicago every day and mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, lounging around the, the, the area, just finding everything and anything I can. And I was in culinary school for like a year and a half from, uh, uh, late 2016 to, uh, early 2018 but it got to the point where I couldn't even fit in my uniform anymore. And that was the real reason why I had to stop because I had the biggest uniform they had and I couldn't get a bigger uniform from them. So ultimately my time was done because of my food addiction. My time was done in culinary school, which is terrible because I feel like I do have a talent in cooking and you know, I, yeah. I let, I let it beat me at the time. Yeah, I am. Um, I was going to say, because every time when I see you post some of your food, uh, your plates of food, I, I'm always like, I'm like, that looks pretty like nicely arranged. <laughs> and uh, and it looks like it's professionally done. Right. So because I, I think the one time I asked you if you did, if you worked as like a chef or anything, because I didn't know at the time. Um, mm -hmm. But also, like I, when you were talking about culinary school, all I could think of was was also like being, you know, at, at 500 plus pounds and just trying to stand for that long to be a chef to cook all, all day. Absolutely brutal. Yeah. 
it just, you know, I'm walking around, I could barely fit in this uniform to begin with and to be able to stand around for, you know, uh, you know, it's not like working at a normal kitchen where it could be like 12 plus hours in a day, but still for me at that weight doing six, seven, eight hours sucked. It was terrible. And I, I had to do a lot of like holding on to things mm-hmm. and, you know, I would take a break. I would literally go to the bathroom and just sit in the toilet just so I could sit somewhere for a few minutes and come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, and I, I would imagine just like after 20 minutes, like you're, you're already like exhausted at that, at, at, as you're at that larger size, right. Or maybe yeah. an hour tops. And, you know, you know, the people there that were, um, also going to school there i could just tell that you know some of them are like what the hell is this guy doing here mm-hmm. he has no control of himself how how is he able to be able to do this like i how how can he be here like i i, I like i don't I, you know i i always got bad vibes from people there i didn't didn't have you know it was pleasant at times but it wasn't pleasant at times because you know chefs looked at me weird and you know some of them would crack little uh snarky comments at me from time to time and Mm -hmm. what could i do i had to take it and you know i i knew i i felt like i didn't belong in there at that time because of you know how big i was and that i wasn't going as fast as everybody else and uh uh, you and I both know, I mean, even if you're not in, in the industry, if you want to work in a kitchen, you need to be fast and you need to be efficient. And I was doing good food. I just wasn't as fast as everybody else. And that was a big problem. Yeah. And, that, and that, that's unfortunate. I mean, just cause you know, it's something that I'm assuming it's something you wanted to do, right? Yeah. And I also came to the point now looking back at that time there's no way I could ever work at a kitchen that would absolutely uh, destroy everything that I've uh, put so much hard work into in the last uh, little over a few years that I've been on this journey. Yeah. C- Cause I feel like you'd um, it's kind of like uh, you know, you just kind of, you'd be around the food all the time and you, you dip into it cause you, there's no way. I mean, to me, there'd be no way that I would avoid it. Cause you could avoid it for a little while, but then eventually like something's going to happen where you're going to want to have it have and, or just even like taking stuff home. Right. Like, like at the end of the yeah. day or making yourself meals that aren't really what you need. Cause you know, it's a long, if, if you wind up working like a 10 hour shift or something and you're just like, I just want something fast. I don't want to have to go home and make something that's healthy or whatnot. And you're constantly tempted. And I've Mm -hmm. had some friends say to me, have you ever thought about going back there? Have you ever thought about, you know, working in a restaurant? And they, they say to me, Oh, why don't you work at a vegan restaurant or some kind of healthy restaurant? I'm like, you understand that even in a healthier environment that I can still manipulate the food to make it really bad for me. (laughs) I mean, I, I, I don't know if you understand that, but and I, I think some of them still don't get it, but that's mm-hmm. okay. That's that's not for them to get, but I understand by now. And, and it's it's good you do, right? Because and, that, and that's part of that mindset change we were kind of alluding to earlier. Because mm-hmm. so much of that is just like realizing what what will and won't work for you long term. 
about creating sustainability because if, if you if you did something like that you're pro from what you're saying you're not going to be able to sustain your own progress yeah i know i know for a fact mm -hmm. I, I that's why i wouldn't even test it yeah and, and that's what um it's actually kind of one of my questions that i usually ask is like how how did you lose the weight and um like what like for nutrition like what methodology did you use and i always ask that and in some way and what because what interests me is like everyone has different ways that they attacked their weight issues with nutrition and i like i like some people do keto some people do paleo some people do um weight watchers some people do like all kinds of different things and do like mix or do make mixtures of them like take pieces like i i take pieces from each one because <laughs> i um like sometimes like, like i like some keto recipes but i don't think keto is like sustainable long term for me personally I but, agree with that too. but like um but like some people like would be like oh no you gotta be keto 100 percent, or you gotta be paleo 100 percent, and, and it, it'll work for you it'll you'll, you'll, you'll lose like 100 pounds in in you know six months or eight months and i'm like yeah, but then I I, I want to like have cake sometimes <laughs> or, or I want to like, um, you know, and I, I don't want to be in the mindset of, well, it's bad food because then it eventually becomes so often. And I mentioned this with, uh, I talked with, um, on, I was on another podcast where we were talking about food and it's kind of like, it goes from being bad food to bad people. Like, because then, then, then you start talking about yourself as being bad instead of just having bad food. And it becomes like this slow progression of like almost hating yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and and like that that just will also help wreck your mindset at the same time so i was just like so when you so this time when like we got to 2019 and i want yep. i want to talk more about 2019 like how you got there as well um like yep. what did you use for um like when you started like did because i'm sure i'm sure you changed throughout the time but like when you started your journey what did you like use for nutrition do you like research stuff or did you just go on a, a plan or how did you start i <laughs> I, I, I never had a real plan. I, I, I just played it all by ear. I never did any research. I, I just wanted to take foods that I already loved, but twisted in a way to make them healthier and also not feel guilty about, you know, eating it like tacos. I absolutely love tacos and you can make so many different varieties of it. And, you know, if you can uh, twist some ingredients in around, uh, around to, to make it, you know, healthier, like I, I like to, a go-to taco for me would be ground turkey, black beans, onions, peppers, uh, cilantro, lime, and a white corn tortilla, mm -hmm. you know. But before, I would load it up with... Uh, a lot, uh, way too much cheese, way too much sour cream. And I would have like seven or eight tacos, which <laughs> now I'm having like three or four in a mm -hmm. sitting and I'm full and it's, you know, and I'm satisfied. And I, you know, I, there, there was things like uh, mini egg frittatas that I love to make because it's easy because you could just put it in a, like a, you know, a cupcake pan. And, you know, I just throw in a bunch of vegetables in there and do like a few, a few eggs, but mostly egg whites and, you know, have three of those and that's a meal. And then that's meal prep. I can have four meals out of that because there's 12 uh, cups in the pan. So it's, um, 
a lot of uh, portion control was my key. Um, yeah, you know, at first I, I had looked uh, at, you know, certain uh, plans as, you know, the keto, the paleo, the carnivore and all that. And I decided I, I'm not meant for this shit. And I'm not meant to stick to, to one specific thing. So I sometimes refer to myself as the unrestricted free agent of this weight loss community <laughs> because I really, I've just done my own thing and done it my way. And I, I really don't know many people that have done it, you know, done it like me. Yeah. Sometimes I do a little bit of intermittent fasting, but even that's pretty relaxed in itself and really didn't change much of, you know, how I was eating in the first place. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do intermittent fasting now. Um, and I only do it cause I'm not like a huge breakfast person. <laughs> and so I was just like, I guess you just skip breakfast. Cause I, I don't usually like, I don't, I don't need to eat it. Um, but that's, that, that's how I feel too. Yeah. I do uh, what 16 to eight. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I I ate at like I eat at like by before eight p.m. and then I don't eat again until noon. So that's like that's yeah, sixteen, cool. right? Yeah, so cool, cool eat, yeah, yeah. Um, usually some days, some days I have I, I break it before that, but uh, usually only if I go to the usually it's when I go to the gym because I after I, if I go to the gym before work I need I need something before noon, like just to replenish what I expended, and then I have a like protein shake. What's yeah. that? Hey, nothing wrong with the protein shake. Yeah, yeah. There are times where uh, eating before bed has always been a problem for me. So sometimes I do have to break, but instead of going to a fast food place and having just a, a full-fledged meal, I'll have an apple now or a non-fat Greek yogurt with some granola or, you know, some kind of a protein bar that I know is uh, not terrible for me. And having that fulfills me and I also don't feel bad, you know, and you know, what, what, what used to be a few burgers and a fry and a shake was now an apple. I'll take that all day. Yeah. Cause you're probably getting like 3000 calories in that burger, fry, shake and whatever else. Right. And yeah, now, now, probably, now you're going, more, now you're going to an apple. Yeah, yeah, probably more than uh, what you should have in a whole day in a 10 to 15 minute sitting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so many of us did that, you know, for many meals. I mean, I, I know, I know you're, you follow um, Dusty. Dusty uh, lost 300 pounds. Um, yeah. And he posts a lot like his, his meals from when he used to be 500 plus pounds. And he would be, and you know, it'd be like, you know, go to McDonald's and you'd get like 2,800 calories for breakfast. Not to mention that might only be your first breakfast if you're a Parks and Rec fan. <laughs> I've seen some of it. I, I, I can't, I, you know, I, I can't like name drop certain things, but it, it, the, from what I saw, the show is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's this whole second breakfast. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty it's pretty good. Uh, but the but yeah. So you know, it, but many of us did that. Like we would have a fourth meal. I mean, how Taco Bell had the whole thing where they marketed a fourth, the fourth meal as being like the late night meal, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so they knew what they were doing. <laughs> um, so so yeah. So um, and one thing um, I don't 
want to veer too far off your story if you uh, want to go back to before you started in 2019. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I've heard you say before, and it's something that like really struck me, was when you went to Nashville and you had like your your friends that stayed with you when you were having trouble there. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you want to go into that at all, but you know it, it really struck sure. me because just because like having a support system like that, even in, in those moments, can be so vital when like you're struggling. Right. And like, because yeah. you, you, you almost want to give up yourself and then other people are like pushing you to keep, keep going, like literally keep going up a street or, yeah. you know, and yeah. So I, I don't know if you want to go into that at all, but I, yeah. I just think, it, I think it's, I honestly think like when I, I've heard you tell that story before, like it's, it's one of the most, like, it's really, it, it's inspiring. And it's also like inspiring, like to be that friend, like to be your friend that was there for you at that point because mm-hmm. like to have a friend like that is amazing yeah because uh not only that one friend that i'm going to talk about but uh those two other guys they saw me in my absolute worst mm-hmm. so uh that's why i'm uh i'm grateful for them forever and i still keep in contact with them so that's great they're a very important part of my life and i feel like they always will be um awesome speaking of that one friend his name is Matt, and uh, he was the uh, guy that was going to be getting married in a few months. And we had just uh, left that hockey game, and we, uh, the four of us, we were getting out of that downtown area, and they weren't uh, having any Ubers around there for obvious reasons because it was so congested that if you went in there, you weren't going to get out. So you had to get away from the downtown area to get some, some kind of taxi service in general. And, uh, two of my friends had walked ahead, uh, up the street, uh, to try to find something, uh, before, uh, uh, me and Matt could. And I, I could barely get up this hill from uh, because it was a it was a long a very long uphill uh street from this downtown area and every 10 to 15 steps i would have to stop and i would have to hold uh, to the light pole or you know a trash can or something and you know i was whining i was complaining i was you know just just thinking that i couldn't make it up there because it felt like it was a marathon, but really it was a block, but it was uphill and being at that size, it was a freaking difficult thing to do. And, you know, he's like, Frank, I don't care how long it takes. We're going to get up that hill. And it gave me confidence to get up there finally. And it still was a struggle to get up there, but it was like, whoa, you know, this guy believes in me and my absolute worst. This guy was here with me and he could have easily, he could have easily just, uh, you know, given up on me and left, left me there. And, uh, I found out later that he was thinking about calling an ambulance because I was in such pain and, uh, such discomfort because I could barely get up there. But for obvious reasons, I'm glad he didn't. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I love that guy. And that's why when, um, 
when I did the series Brand New Me um, earlier this year, he was the one guy that I had to have on there because he was there during that moment, and I never forgot it. And at first when I told him about it, he was he 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 really didn't understand it, but when I explained everything to him, he he got it, and he's like, "Man, I'm gonna be there for you because you know, you need this." And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's a big part of the story. As much as I've done all these things, you know, we all have a beginning, and he was a big part of that beginning. And that's just awesome to have someone to have someone like Matt in your corner in that moment where you're at your like lowest. And then like, you don't have to rely just on yourself to get, to start going somewhere. But like, it was literally, literally you had, he was rooting, he was rooting you on as you're going up a street. Right. And and who knows? Yeah. And who knows if, if that didn't happen, you know, we get that, you know, taxi, go back to the hotel. And I have that moment in the mirror where I asked myself, do I want to live or do I want to die? If Matt didn't do that, I, who knows if I would have even had that, you know, say come to Jesus moment where mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm like, you know, let me give this a real chance. I might've just continued to be down on myself and, you know, we wouldn't be talking right now. So that's yeah. why that's, that's why those little things, especially that moment that that story that I just told you is something I will never, ever forget, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's amazing. I mean, I, I've heard it probably at least four times now, uh, but, but each time it's, it's amazing to me because to have that person in your corner is great. And it's not, and he didn't have to do it. Right. It's not like he was, I mean, he's a good friend, but you, mm-hmm. but, but you, we all have good friends that don't say anything when we're at, the, at our heaviest and they just kind of just go with it. Like, well, that's, that's just how he is. Um, so, so that's great that you have that, have, have that friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never, I never would get tough love from anybody, you know, as, as the weight was ballooning and I, you know, looking back, I, I kind of wish I, you know, someone would have spoken up about mm-hmm. it, but, but, you know, it is what it is. You can't take back the past. You can only move forward and, you know, I know yeah. that I have a bunch of people in my corner that love me for who I am, regardless of what size I, I was and now am. So for that, I'm grateful for. Yeah. And, that, and that's awesome. I mean, we all, I, I, I've realized that too. Like, you know, the friends that were with you when you were at your worst and didn't like, you know, they, they, they didn't care that you were that size as much mm-hmm. as uh, a lot of the rest of the world does. And then, and then all of a sudden when you, now you're, you know, you've lost a lot of weight and, and you get down and you're like, yeah, I look a lot better or I look a lot more in shape or whatever. And those are the people you still want in your circle. Cause they, they, they are with you at your worst. And now they get to be with you when you can do more things. Like you could go to that hot, you could go back to Nashville and go to the hockey game. You could go up that street. No problem now. Yeah. And, uh, that is something I am really hoping for. I think that would be the ultimate in my health journey is if I can go back there just to go back to that, uh, that stadium, just to go be able to sit in a seat comfortably, just to be able to go a rooftop bar and not take 20 minutes to get up there 
And if I could do it with Matt and my two other friends, that would, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. But if I, if I just do it with other people, that's fine too. But I feel like that would be the closure I need in that situation. And it would put everything, it would, everything would come full circle once I do go to Nashville because it will happen someday, whether it's this year or sometime in the near future. Awesome, man. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, it's amazing when you can do redo things that you did before. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I did that last year. I went to Boston and the last time I was at Boston was like four months before I had my embolism, pulmonary embolism. And like my wife and I went around and like recreated photos we took in boston in 2016 and then in 2020 and literally like just seeing the difference in like the comparisons it was insane to me because it's the same building right it's the same we even like try to do the same pose <laughs> and uh and it's always fun yeah yeah, yeah. So, so, so like we had one where we were both like like our mouths open like shocked and i did it again and it's just like i didn't have like all this excess i mean i have a beard now too that helps hide some of it but I didn't have all the excess uh, chin, <laughs> double chin, right? Yeah. And and you know, it, it, doing stuff like that, like going back to Nashville or other recreate, like other things that you've done before. Now you can see the difference. Like li- literally, you can feel the difference. Is is like some of the most amazing NSVs that there are, opposed as opposed to like seat belts and booths and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> there's many more non-skill victories to go for uh, me and you oh yeah for sure man for sure um so so let's talk about like after you had this trip to nashville that we've been we talked about a bit um mm-hmm. so, so you start losing weight and like you know did, did it did it just come off fast when you started or was it like a, a progression of like like month by month like similar amounts um or because like for me like the first month i lost like almost 30 pounds and then it like you know water weight and it tails off and then and then I kind of, I, I said for myself, like I, I was, a prof- I was good at losing weight hundred pounds in eight months at a time. Cause I did it twice in eight months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so did you have like things like that where you just like kind of went in streaks or was it just like, I, <clears throat> I'm sure it wasn't the slide down. Like so many people want like that arrow going straight down on the, on the uh, weight loss chart. But, but what, what was it like for you? Like the, say the first year that you lost, started losing weight. Well, um, you know, as for you, walking is a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been my main source of exercise this entire time. And I figured that, you know, if I walk a lot and I eat right, that this weight will fly off. And in the first three months, I lost 79 pounds. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, by, by the end of those three months, I started to really notice things a lot more with my clothes and just like how I was feeling. And, you know, people were starting to notice more, but obviously, you know, at that point being 478, I still had a lot of work to do. So, uh, uh, it took me six months in two days and I lost a total of 150 pounds. So I was, losing, I, was, I was losing their weight pretty quick. I was pretty damn determined, but <clears throat> there were patterns going on where, yes, I was losing all this weight fast, but I had done that same shit before. 
Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of addressing, you know, those six months, I didn't really address it so much. It was just, just, you know, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. And then as more time went on, I really wanted to figure out how I got this way. What is, what made me 557 pounds? What are my problems? What do I need to fix? Am I, am I holding on to things you know, from the past or can I release it? Uh, you know, all these things. And it's just a lot. This is so much more mental than it is physical. My friend, you already know this, but you know, for the viewers at home or wherever you are listening to this, that is the thing. And so I figured if I can have this strong mindset and I could set all these goals for myself, that I will be able to accomplish anything I want along the way on this journey. And for the most part, I've knocked all those goals out of the park. I mean, you were talking about, you know, the first year, the first year, one year anniversary, I went from, so I went from 557 all the way down to 320 pounds. So 237 pounds in one year. Amazing. And, you know, at that point I was walking at least 10 miles a day and people still get shocked at that. (laughs) But I was just so damn determined, man. It's like, yeah, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just so hard for people to understand. And the the best thing about this whole thing for me, you know, yeah, I lost all this weight and you know, so on and so forth. But I used to have plantar fasciitis. And for anybody that doesn't know, it's very painful on the feet. You could barely walk. It's barely tolerable, and. You know, I would, I would be fine for a while in the past on past journeys, mm-hmm. but then ultimately that would, that would be a part that would hook me back into slacking off and, you know, taking time off. And then before you know it, those bad habits start creeping up again. So I haven't experienced that one time in the two plus years that I've been on this journey. So then within itself is a miracle given that I was 557 pounds. So yeah, yeah, that, that, that's pretty amazing that you haven't had it at all. Cause um, I, I know uh, I never had that myself, but I had plantar tendonitis um, mm-hmm. before uh, when I was uh, right before I started my journey uh, at my job, they had like this big meeting cause we got like got taken over by a bigger company. And uh, so we were at this hotel and when I leave the hotel, like I'm walking and I'm on what I think is flat ground and here it's a curb and I don't realize that there's a curb and I fall, right? This is me at 600 pounds fall. Uh, and like, you know, smash my phone, like my sunglasses fall. Like I just, it was a bad, bad moment. And it, and then I got up and I, like, I was like limping and yeah. So I had to go like for physical therapy for like a couple months and eventually it healed. But again, when you're at 600 pounds and you're that anything with your feet messed up, like it, 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 it's, it's for real, like it takes longer and it's hopefully it gets fixed. But 
Yeah, you're, you're right. It just it just hurts to walk. Um, and it's, it's it's a different it's a different ligament than the fasciitis, but it's I I, I can uh, feel your pain on that one. Um, so so yeah, it's it and it's it's amazing that you did two thirty seven in one year, because um, you know so so many people can't stay that consistent, uh, even though you were able to. Um, and and walking walk. It's actually ironic you mentioned walking because today like i haven't done my ten thousand steps in a while um just busy praying for a baby and all that uh but today i hit ten thousand, so it must have been like a copacetic moment because i was because ha- you were on today <laughs> and and, and, that, and that's where i got the idea of when i started my ten thousand was you doing your 10 miles a day so i f- i feel like within the weight loss uh the uh instagram weight loss community you and i were we're like we're, we're the walkers that, that, that is that has we, been huge for us. We, we were like the uh, like the, the founding the founders of walking on because yeah. <laughs> after after now I see a lot of a lot of more people and like they always credit me and you, uh, one of us with the walking, and I'm just and every time they do I'm like I'm like it's just um it's it's, it's still kind of weird to me when people say like credit me I'm like I'm like you just got I said I said I just did it because I knew I could like it wasn't gonna kill me to walk uh more and more but and it helped you stay consistent just like it helped me stay consistent mm-hmm. yeah because it was two hours that i wasn't at home yeah <laughs> right i mean i go out and walk like i mean i walked like my five to, i did five to eight miles usually and mm-hmm. i was always like out for like two hours minimum and then it was beautiful it was nice out most of the time other than raining but yeah yeah it's and, and are you still doing um like 10 miles or are you have you cut it back a little bit um, you know, at one point I was doing like around a half a marathon a day, but I have cut back. I, you know, now I'm, uh, driving for DoorDash about 35, 40 hours a week. So that keeps me pretty busy. And, you know, I still, still try to get around that 10 mile mark every day. Does that mean I have to wake up a little bit earlier? Yeah. Do I care? Mm-hmm. No, because I want it that bad. So, yeah, you know. I, yeah, it's it's difficult, but if you want something bad enough, you're going to make it happen, and you're going to adjust your schedule. You know, time management is key for everybody when it comes mm-hmm. to anything. So if you can manage your time well, that that's that's a good step along the way on this. Yeah, you're for sure. Like uh, I remember last year, so you know, when we were when we were both walking a lot. I mean, when I started walking a lot, um, I was off at of work, and then because the pandemic, I went went back to work the first day, the first Friday I was back at work, like I didn't get my steps and I was like, and that was actually when my streak started <laughs> that next day. Cause, um, cause I realized I needed to like plan. I needed to manage my time to, to do it. So I literally put a outlook calendar remind like event every day at nine 30 and two 30. And it was 15 minutes and it was to walk, go outside and walk on breaks. Cause people get to smoke. So I was like, I get to get fresh air. Right. <laughs> and, and, and then at lunch I would take a half an hour and like, we'd get a half an hour for lunch, but I would just eat my lunch at my desk before or after. And then I'd walk outside for half an hour. And like by doing those, that hour of walking there and then like usually walked before work a little bit or after work a little bit, I would always get my steps every day. I would always get my five miles a day minimum. And like, that's what really kept me consistent with it. Cause I was like, I just want to do it. Cause I know I can. And it's, it's like once you have that like uh, confidence in yourself, I feel like that's the one of the bigger keys. Like 
I mean, I'm sure you've discovered that as well, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The confidence keeps growing and, uh, it feels, it feels, it feels good to be able to do certain things, you know, especially things that, you know, you weren't able to do before and mm-hmm. to be able, you know, uh, my Instagram page, I, I like to express myself on there in ways that I never thought I'd be able to, to do in front of any, anybody, you know, talk about the struggles, talk about, you know, the bad times, talk about food addiction, you know, mental health and, you know, so many times you go on Instagram and you only see people talk about the victories and yeah, it happens. There's a a lot of victories along the way, but I feel like you really need to be pushing, you know, that goes for anybody out there. When you mess up, you got to talk about it. You got to have, you got to be transparent because none of us, including you have been perfect along the way on this journey. Yeah. We all, we all screw up from time to time. No, we're, we're human after all, you know, Mm-hmm. We, we've over, we've overcome a lot already, but there are those times that, you know, we have the lapses of judgment and, you know, there's things going on, whatever it is that we get dragged back in, but it doesn't matter how many times you fall down. It just matters if you get back up and keep on pushing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't know about, I, I'm not sure if you feel this way, but whenever I do share those real moments, like the, 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 I call them real moments because it's not just the sunshine and rainbows transformation Tuesday posts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like those real moments are the times where I get the most like air quote engagement in my posts because people like really relate to that more because it's because everybody messes up. Yeah. And then you hear it, you like, like you probably, you know, get mess DMS or, you know, or within the comments, people tell their situations mm-hmm. and how much they relate to it. And, you know, and, and, you know, saying, you know, Hey, I thought I, I thought I was alone. I'm glad that, you know, unfortunately this has happened to you, but I'm glad that I'm not the only one that's dealing with this. And sadly enough, there are times where people think that they're alone in certain situations and, when, when something goes bad for me, I feel like, you know, this is also not just a, a coping thing for me to help me heal with whatever I'm going through, but maybe it's going to heal somebody else and let them know that, Hey, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be okay. Everybody yeah. screws up from time to time and you know, that's it. Yeah. And, and I've kind of gone, uh, I talked to Gormy about this on our episode we recorded a few weeks ago. Also, um, like I kind of go, I gotten to the point where I don't really see it as a screw up anymore because it's just part of it's a choice that I made. Um, it's a lesson. Yeah, it, 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 and, and you know sometimes you make choice because you you know, God, football season I always want pizza and wings because that's what I used to always do, and yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you too. Um, and you know what I've what I've gone to now is like I'll get um, like a thin crust pizza because it's a lot less calories, and I'll mm-hmm. get. Uh, and I won't have the whole thing, but I'll have like half, which, and I'll have like 10 wings and like that kind of fills my need for the most part. But then every now and then, like I get, I mean, it's, I don't have Chicago pizza, but I got the best I can do. Right. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll have, I'll have real pizza too. And I'll have like a regular pizza and I'll have like a slice or two, but it, I used to have a whole pie for myself. So it's, it's also like moderation is key. Like for when, when you get to a certain point, cause 
sometimes you like I, I've told this story a million times on this show. Uh, I feel like I tell it almost every episode is I get hit up in the DMs about substitution foods. Like, um, and my favorite one is the Quest peanut butter cups for Reese's. Yes. And, and, and uh, the reason it's my favorite is because I don't like them. And I, I don't like the Quest ones. I like, I, I just tell people, I'm like, if you want a Reese's, like, I just have a Reese's. Like, one, one Reese's, one Reese's cup or two Reese's cups are not going to de- derail your entire progress. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's not necessarily what you need. But if you look at like the, the carbs, the sugars, the calories of that package of Reese's, compared to like the package of quest there'll be a difference but is that one package going to really derail you much more than having the the quest is probably not but if now if you have 10 of them that's when you start to get in the derail mode but like if i go have reese's egg on the day after easter not really so much you know yeah those things are pretty good those reese's eggs so especially half price (laughs) (laughs) yes that, that, that's, that's like the fat kid hack I, I feel like but yeah yes yeah, so, so so yeah I, I like like we've been saying this whole episode like mindsets everything because once you get the mindset of like you don't need it like or or you can find ways around it of and you like you said you you do tacos and you find the healthier version of the tacos or you find the healthier versions of other foods and you like them and then and then even if you do splurge on something every now and then it's not a big deal and I, I wanted to mention what we were talking about um, with the posts about like the times that you slip. You know, it was a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago when you had posted one and I saw it and I was like, man, I was like, because I had slept the night before and I, I wasn't sure I wanted to post about it. And then I saw you post it and I, I was like, all right, I'm going to post it too. <laughs> and I think I even DM'd you and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm posting the same thing that you posted, but sim- like a similar thing, but I'm not stealing it. It's just happened at the same time. <laughs> because it was just like one of those moments where i'm like yeah i i should say something but then i was like i was like darrell i want to like you know because it's just like those it's that old like mentality of like i don't want to fail in front Mm -hmm. of people even though i know i'm not failing but it's just that you get in those modes where you're just like i don't want to show everything you feel like you're disappointing people yeah yeah for sure people expect you to be on your game all the time I mean, that's how, at least that's how I've felt, you mm-hmm. know, during the set points. Yeah, for sure. Man. All right. Love this conversation. That was really good. Um, yeah. But now oh, I'm going to time, time is time is flying. Yeah, I, I, I know. But now I'm going to pivot. And I'm going to go good. to, I'm going to go to, well, I, it's my favorite part of the podcast, even though I like, I love hearing everything else is because I get to know more about each guest other than weight loss and their, and their weight loss journey. And that's where I ask everybody about a ho- hobbies or interests that they have. I know you have a few, so we'll start with one, kind of pivot to the others. Um, so, so, so what, what's, what's the first one you want to talk about? Well, I really love sports uh, in general, uh, you know, football and baseball, you know, even a little bit of basketball, but like, like within those three for sure. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I, I love, I love football, love baseball, love basketball. You know, those, okay. those are definitely my favorites for, you know, so, 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 so being Chicago and the fact that you're, you know, in your thirties, yeah. I'm sure you were a big bulls fan in the nineties, right? Actually, no, <laughs> no. Wow. No, I can, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about that. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I used to hate Michael Jordan. 
I, with Me the too. passion. Me too. With the passion. I was a, I was a Sonics yeah. fan. Oh, yeah. Sean Kemp, Gary Payton. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Those jerseys were awesome back in the day. Um, yeah, it wasn't until this last dance documentary that came out last year that I finally fully appreciated Michael Jordan and his greatness. And I, you know, I was like, yeah, this guy is such a prick. But you know what? <laughs> Who's gonna stop this? Who who could stop this guy? No yeah. one could. No one could back then. No. And that was in an era where uh, people were a lot more aggressive and were able to get away with it compared to today. But yeah, as far as the Bulls go, okay, I was a big Indiana Pacers fan. I, uh, my, the very first moment that I could recall as far as sports goes was, um, I forgot the specific day, but it was in the, it was in the 1995 NBA playoffs and the Pacers were playing the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. And I remember I was at a family party and, um, Reggie Miller had eight points in a matter of, uh, I, I forgot how many seconds, but it, it was like 10, 12 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like he hit a three, stole the ball, stepped back, hit a three, and then um, was uh, fouled right after that because of uh, you know some goofiness that went on. And from that moment on, Reggie Miller was my guy and the Pacers were my <laughs> team. And I always got shit for it as a kid because, you know, everybody loved the Bulls around here. Everybody, because they won titles all the time. Michael Jordan was the best. Mm-hmm. But I I would be the guy that would shave my head like all the Indiana Pacers would back in those uh, playoffs, uh, especially in those uh, last three years that Jordan was around, 95, 96, 97, 98. Yeah. Um, wow. It wasn't until Derrick Rose got drafted in 2008 that I actually became a Bulls fan because I I was like, you know what, Derrick Rose, he's from Chicago. You know, I, I had heard about this guy ever since he was in high school and that he was this legend and that he almost won a national title in Memphis. And I really liked the way that he played the game. And... I, the Bulls got very lucky that year to get the number one pick in itself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I felt like, all right, if there's time for me to switch, uh, here it is. <laughs> and so I became a Bulls fan in 2008 and, uh, have been a fan longer after he's been gone. So I don't think that'll ever leave, even though I'm not really happy with how the, the team direction's going, but Hey, you know, that goes for, you know, a lot of teams out there. You know, there's not, not always good times. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's really the, uh, it's the bad times, all the bad times that really make the good times a payoff. Like when your team finally wins a championship after like, you know, decades of losing or yeah. decades of not winning. I remember, I remember um, for me, because we can switch to baseball too. When the Phillies oh, won yeah. the World Series in 08. Um, yeah, perfect. Philadelphia had not won a championship since 1983, which was the year I was born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my whole life, I was in the womb when the Sixers won the last time in Philadelphia won the title. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm 25 and the Phillies win. And it was like one of the, and it was one of the weirdest ones. Cause like there was a rain delay for like three days. Like we had to wait three days to get like the championship. Cause, cause <laughs> they, they, they were not going to call a, a world series game six on uh, or game game five on rain and let the Phillies win in like seven innings. So 
had to come back play like three innings which was kind of cool because you know those world series games get over so late on the east coast because they get over like after midnight and that game got over like 9 30 at night because it was like an hour and a half to play the last three innings or whatever it was and that moment was like like uh, I, I remember it was kind of like the Ric Flair moment where he says with a tear in my eye, <laughs> this is the greatest moment. Right. It, it was just like, cause finally like, in like saw my team win after like yeah. never ever seeing any of my, like I, I used to like my dad was in the air force. We lived in Seattle. So I rooted for the Sonics in the nineties. I rooted for the Mariners in the nineties. Uh, and they never went, <laughs> they never got any further than the ALCS and the Sonics went to the finals, but Jordan, kick the shit out of them so so it was just like a combination of all that and i'm like finally saw it and then i saw it again a couple of years ago when the eagles won the super bowl oh but, but 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 yeah so and usually you see the nick Foles ball on the back of me but you know technical difficulties today um but yeah so so yes yeah, so i i just find that like the the bad times just make the good times so much sweeter because you, you you experience them so infrequently unless you're like a team out of new york yeah, true <laughs> that. And, uh, you know, when we talk about losers and the payoff, I don't think there's any bigger payoff maybe in sports than, you know, when the Cubs won in 2016, just because of length of time, mm-hmm. you know, 108 years, 108 years for anybody yeah, to I not know. win a title. <laughs> I mean, Oh, I mean, I was talking about 25 and that was brutal. Like, and you're talking oh. about four times. Like, and although I got to say, how did the Cubs screw it up in 2015? Come on. Cause like all we wanted was the back to the future moment. Oh yeah. Oh, but, but, they over, they, they did overachieve that year. They made it to the NL, NLCS mm-hmm. against <sighs> the Mets and um, well, the Mets, the Mets lost. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. The Mets lost when it really mattered. So, you know, it is what it is. But 2016, when the Cubs won the World Series, it's, uh, um, I, I could actually tell you a story about that. Right. Um, game seven, I was at culinary school at the time, and I had a big exam that night. So I was already in the city. Now, the game was played in Cleveland. So it wasn't, you know, as, you know, it was still pretty crazy. Don't get me wrong, but it wouldn't have been as crazy as it would have been if it, like, wasn't Wrigley Field. You oh, know? my God. <laughs> but, so I got done with the exam and it was about the third inning and I took an Uber because I wanted to go to Wrigleyville and to maybe I could try to catch the game at a bar. Well, every single bar I went to, the place was completely packed and I couldn't go inside. They wouldn't allow anybody inside. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fourth inning, fifth inning, sixth inning were happening. And, you know, I'm still, I'm still not watching anything. I'm still just outside of bars. Just I'm I'm just relying on my phone and noise. And finally I'm like, screw it. I'm gonna just wait outside of Wrigley Field because I'm already close enough there. And you know, I it, maybe if I get there early enough, I know eventually there's gonna be a lot of people there, one way mm. or the other. Hopefully we you know the positive way because it was game seven. And so I got there about the seventh inning and I waited there and waited there and waited there. And before you know it, this crowd is freaking ginormous blocks and blocks of people. 
of uh, passionate fans going uh, crazy, wondering what's going on. And it was such a great game. And it went into the 10th inning and it was wild because the 10th inning, there was a rain delay. So, <laughs> so you're like, Oh my God, it's the set, game seven. It's the 10th inning. Who knows when this is going to end? Luckily the rain delay was like about 25 minutes mm-hmm. and the Cubs finally won. And the celebration after was epic beyond belief. People climbing on uh, light poles. I'm thinking that they're going to fall off from, uh, you know, you know, the wildness and just everybody hugging and crying and celebrating. And it's one of those sports moments that I'm never going to ever forget because here, here I am not just in, in involved in a celebration, but per arguably the, the, biggest celebration of a a team uh you know shitting the bed for so many years 108 and they finally pulled it off coming back from 3-1 against the indians to win in game seven and finally win the championship after that year after what they did in 2015 they were projected to win the title the pressure really was on them to win the title Mm -hmm. and they actually pulled it off they finally weren't the lovable losers for one year yeah, and it, it amazed me too in that World Series was the fact that you had the two teams with the longest drought for the World Series to, to win the World Series. I and, hope and, Cleveland never wins a title in my life. I just <laughs> want to say that, all right? They won one with the Cavs, but you know what? Indians, Browns, you know, sorry for anybody from Ohio out there that's listening, but like, uh, like, uh, I, Jen, 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 Jen hates you now. <laughs> Sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I have a couple of other friends, uh, like in real life. I, I say in real life, you know, not not on the Instagram weight loss community yeah. that are like uh, from Cleveland area, and like I got a, they, I got they, a friend too. So they, 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 were, they were just ecstatic it. when the Indians want were gonna like were there, and it's like three one, and then it's like game seven. Like, who expects that, right? Yeah. And uh, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. I um. So, 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 so circling back to the last sport, which is football, which is you know, yeah. another, another team that you love that shits the bed often in recent, recent years. I mean, do I need to bring up the double doink? <laughs> uh, this podcast is going so yeah, well. No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's, you know, I, 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 you know, I was on vacation when that was happening, that game was being played and I was watching it on this like little TV and I couldn't really tell what was going on. And um, and I see it, and and all I hear is Al Michael. So it's a double doink, and I was like, no, I was like, that is like the all time, like one of the, those plays that is just gonna live in like infamy, but mostly just in Philadelphia and Chicago. Yeah, it's like this can't be true. There's no way that this guy actually did this, and like, then like, like hit two poles. <laughs> you have no idea how many times I have seen that play, and just. Oh, uh, so my favorite part of the play is when you see the bears mascot fall over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know his name, but I just know like if you watch the clip of the double doink and you, as, as he sees it go in front of him, he just like falls to the ground and just, it killed me every time I would see it. And now Nick Foles is a Chicago bear. Go yeah. figure. Yeah. For, for, for now. I mean, let's be real for now. For now. I was hearing talks that they were uh, trying to trade with the Eagles, but that 
he didn't want to do it. I don't know if that's true or not, but so there were a lot of talks about that. Um, because there was also talks about Tariq Cohen going to the Eagles with him mm-hmm. for Wentz and um somebody or whatever. And I just I I was like I was all for it because I was always a Foles guy. I was always keep Foles because I was like he won the Super Bowl. <laughs> he won the Super Bowl, and you you you're more worried about the franchise quarterback that you is around a rookie deal like. You can trade him at the time. You probably could have traded once for two number ones, mm-hmm. and that and we trade him for a conditional first and a third. So, like I, I, I don't know. I I just felt that it we I would have rather had kept Foles and then just gotten another quarterback sooner. Yeah, because Wentz, if he didn't get hurt when he got hurt in uh, 2018, he would have won the MVP. Yeah, and and who knows? He might not have won the Super Bowl. I mean, there's no guarantee that he would have won either, right? Oh, Think, things would have been, things would have played out a lot differently. Um, I mean, I, and I'll be the first one to admit, as soon as he got hurt that game, I walked into work and I, I sat right next to a Patriots fan, and I, I, I that was the best part. I, I said, I said, well, season's over, <laughs> and and we're we're like thirteen and one or something, right? Or yeah. or thirteen, maybe like eleven and three, I, whatever. You guys were rolling. That's yeah, for sure. we were rolling, and actually, we were we were twelve and two. Yeah, because we lost the Cowboys last week. So, like twelve and two after the Rams game, and, and I'm like, "Yeah, season's over." And he's like, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> and then, and then, like you know, we wind up playing each other in the Super Bowl, and of course, like I'm just having flashbacks of 2004, 2005 when the Eagles played the Patriots before and we lost, and the whole game. I'm sitting in my man cave with my wife watching it. And the game, like we had the last play, and of course when Brady gets strip sacked, like that's like when you you think it's actually going to happen, but then he has the ball in his hand the last play of the game, and he throws it to the end zone, and Gronkowski's there, and it gets tipped and all that, and I'm just, and then like it still looked like there was time left, and then when I realized there wasn't time left, and I just I, I sat in my I was just sitting there, I was like fuck, like it's all, that was my reaction, because like never thought it was I I just you're so used to losing. <laughs> Like, yeah. especially because the Eagles hadn't won since like 1960. Yeah. So it's 58 years without winning a championship. So still a very insane. long time. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's not 108, but yeah. it, it was, it was a long time. Uh, but yeah. So I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, th- I, th- I think this season you guys um, are probably hoping you get a new coach next year. <laughs> uh, You know, it's weird because now that, uh, Justin Fields got drafted. I, I feel like it's the last chance for Matt Nagy to prove himself to be this quarterback guru. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm cool with it because, you know, now, now he really has a guy to work with. Mitch Trubis- Trubisky wasn't his guy, but yet <laughs> he had to work with him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it didn't work out too well, as you know. And for anybody else at home, he's not even on the Bears anymore. And he was drafted in 2017 with the second overall pick. And <sighs> Justin Fields, though, is quite the dynamic player. And he had a few great years with Ohio State. And as a Bears fan, this this fan base is so desperate to have a great quarterback for the first time since Sid Luckman. 
the 40s, the 1940s, the Bears haven't had a great quarterback. And what did a quarterback, you know, even really do much in the 40s? They probably didn't pass pass a whole lot in the 40s. <laughs> there was probably just a whole bunch of handoffs and maybe the uh, the occasional throw. But the the entire game is uh, completely changed from then. So I I I have a stat for you. The Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passer in the history of the franchise. It's not that surprising. Just because, yeah. I mean, because you don't really know any great Bears court. Like you think of McMahon just because of 85. But but what but what was their bread and butter? They yeah, ran the ball it, with Walter Payton. They had, defense. they had, yeah, in defense. Yeah. So you could just pay, you, as, as long as you were uh, uh, average, you can win. And like they won that title in 85. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ju- Justin Fields. I can't wait to see him on that field. No pun intended. And uh, I'm not an Andy Dalton fan. And uh, I, I, I don't know how long that whole thing is going to last. But uh, people are eager for Justin Fields to get on that field, and I'm eager to finally get my Justin Fields jersey because I ordered it right after he got drafted, and I'm still waiting for it. And I'm going to be waiting for it until <laughs> sometime in July. So yeah, you will you will be. Uh, yeah, I, I want to get a Devontae Smith one, but um, I'm waiting for the black because they only have it available in Midnight Green. Nice. How did you feel about that pick? Ecstatic. I always said my um my pick that I wanted was the Tuscaloosa. So after we couldn't get Chase and four Pitts because mm-hmm. they weren't even there at six when we traded down to twelve. I wanted mm-hmm. the Tusk one third of the Tuscaloosa 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 whatever triangle yeah. from Alabama. Either I wanted certain Waddle or Smith. Mm-hmm. Smith was my number one pit, my the number one one I wanted. But mm-hmm. if I, if I couldn't get either any, if I couldn't get him, any of them are fine. Um, so I'm happy with that, but that, and then how he fucked it up after that, because he, that's what he does. He makes bad picks. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not expecting much this year, but, there are people out there picking the Eagles to win the division. I mean, it's it's the shitty division, but who knows? I think it's any anyone's game, and uh, you know, Washington arguably has the best defense. Dallas arguably has the best offense. But you and I both know if Dak Prescott gets injured, it's over. It's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and also like their defense is so terrible. Like their secondary is trash. Oh, yeah. They're line is bad their o-line is bad because because they kept going after like the sexy picks right they kept going after like wide receiver last year when they should have went you know secondary or o-line and yeah and and they're paying they paid amari cooper big money they paid zeke elliott big money they've now paid Dak prescott big money uh you know that's that's your franchise those three Mm -hmm. guys right there and uh when you tie up all that money to those three guys it's just hard without drafting well to have much of a team that's competitive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I And speaking of competitive, I think uh, your division, the NFC North is going to be competitive without Aaron Rodgers If that actually happens. Oh, if dream, <laughs> if dreams came true. Right? <laughs> I, I actually, I actually am really intrigued by Detroit this year. I, 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 I just having all the changes they've had. I know, I know they're Detroit. Yeah. Right. But yeah, New coach, new new staff, new quarterback. I know Goff isn't the greatest quarterback, but 
you know, it's just a lot of change and it might, it might help them, you know, especially if the division's weak. I don't think they're going to be good immediately. It's going to take time for sure because there's still a lot of holes within that mm-hmm. team. But I, I you know, I, I, I'm probably not supposed to say this because I'm a Bears fan, but man, I love Motor City, Dan. I, I love, yeah. you know, this guy's talking about wanting his team to gnaw off some kneecaps. I, I'm all for that, that intensity, that fire. It's like you never got that with Matt Patricia. You never got that with uh, previous coaches on that mm-hmm. team. But this guy, he's coming in, and he, I feel, is a presence that this team could actually get behind. And it may take a few years, but you know what? I feel like uh, they're definitely on their way. And uh, you know, you know, you never know. You never know what could happen in the NFL. You know, you 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 have your teams that are always good, but then you always have those surprises. So hey. Maybe Detroit's one of them, but I'm not going to count on it this year, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Minnesota. If, if Green Bay is, doesn't have Rodgers, I'd say Minnesota is probably the favorite. But you know, anything's possible because who knows? I mean, it's just such it's such up so up in the air there because all those teams will be it'll it'll, it'll be less in Green Bay's favor, right? So mm-hmm. guess who they got? Jordan Love. <laughs> like, I mean, you traded up in the first round to get Jordan Love. Yeah. The ultimate slap in the face to Aaron Rodgers. He has not talked about, you know, retirement and and whatnot. And I know that was the thing when Aaron Rodgers got drafted is Brett Favre was contemplating retirement for those last few years there. And even though, you know, those three years, uh, you know, while Aaron was sitting, you know, Brett was doing the same thing. And it's just like, man, Aaron Rodgers is still pretty good. And then what does he do? He wins the freaking MVP. He wins the MVP, the ultimate, you know, F you to the team. You know, Aaron Rodgers might have to stay this year, but so, very soon mm-hmm. he's going to be out. He's going to be out of there. He might have to stay because of cap reasons. But, yeah. hey, if that doesn't work, he can always be the host of Jeopardy because he, he, was he pretty seems good. to love it. And he was pretty good in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, all right. So we talked about sports. I know you got one more. Wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. Yeah, pro wrestling. Wearing a nice shirt there. The Stinger. I am. I am. He's my favorite of all time. Yeah. It, it wasn't it him and Shawn Michaels or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Him and him and Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold's probably three. Nice. Because I mean, how can't you like Stone Cold if you grew up in the nineties? Oh man. I, I, I dreamed of the day back as a kid of when I got older and to be able to, you know, have like a stone cold moment, like with him, just yeah. like chug, chugging beer, just like, just, just one time in my life. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be phenomenal. Yeah. Hang on one second. I want to get something real fast. Okay. to be real fast so this okay. is one of my collection i have oh my goodness the smoking skull belt yeah of course it's wwe but you know yeah i'll take it oh yeah, yeah. that is um, sweet man. if i ever could get stone cold to sign it it'd be amazing <laughs> also i'd get him to sign my winged eagle because i got Shawn michaels and rick flair sign that one so 
that's pretty sweet enough. I mean, yeah, because they're the only two that I've ever met in person. Um, I mean, because I, I refused to wait in lines. That I went, when, I went, when I went to Mania in 16, I refused to wait in lines for access because they were insane. Also, mm-hmm. 600 pounds. I was not waiting in line for two hours. <laughs> uh, but but, but yeah. even, if, even if I was now, I still wouldn't wait in line because that's just like, I'm like, I could waste my whole day just waiting for autographs. But I don't know. And um, what would you get? Maybe a one minute interaction with somebody. It's like, yeah, I remember, and, I remember I saw the line for the undertaker when I was there and it was like, they said, they, they said the wait was 180 minutes. It was three hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, rest in peace. Taker. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not going to be in this line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was like. So, but it was cool because like access, I like, saw like the illumination chamber and other set items. I sometimes post them in my uh, transformation Tuesdays because I have photos in front of me in front of stuff, and it's like full full frame, so you see my entire body. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the wrestling. So when when you were a kid, were you like a fan the whole time, or did you ever take breaks watching? Uh, when I was uh, very little my uh grandpa was uh really heavy into it mm-hmm. he used to uh get all the pay-per-views it, it, like early 90s all the way till he died in 97 okay. so but i really i i didn't pay you know too much attention to it you know you, you know there's only so much you can remember when you're like three or four yeah even five you know as far as that's concerned i knew who hulk hogan was i knew that i had a lunchbox with him on it and uh (laughs) you know that was the extent of it but after he passed away i um uh that's really when i began to uh you know really like wrestling around 98 and an uncle of mine uh had all those vhs tapes that my grandpa had and uh, instead of just leaving in some storage somewhere, he ended up giving it to me, and oh, awesome. uh, and and that and that was really cool because uh, that made me appreciate, um, you know, the early '90s and you know up until '98 so much more than than I you know had previously. Mm-hmm. But man, I love Stone Cold. Just just giving yeah. the finger, just hit, you know, I'm gonna sound like such a mark right now in wrestling terms but the pop that stone cold would oh have God. every time he would come in through the curtain mm-hmm. was just incredible and i feel like it's unlike any other wrestler uh since then mm-hmm. nothing it's compares the, to stone cold the, the pop i always compare i always love watching is the one when mick foley won the world title the first time and stone yes. cold comes out in there in worcester massachusetts i remember it was in worcester and it just it was but like I've never seen something like that before. Like I, I can't. Nothing compares to it because the crowd just goes absolutely apeshit, and then McMahon's like freaking out, and yep. like the whole thing is just perfect. And it was, and it, it's, it's, it was also the night that like WCW pretty much died. <laughs> yeah, because who, who you know who? Uh, I forgot the line I told that, you. That, that'll put some butts in the seats. There it is. There it is. Yes. You, you know he he made a he's doing a comic book called butts in the seats i did hear about that i, 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 forgot, I, I forgot the name of it but i did hear that he was doing yeah, a comic I, book. I actually i supported it because i wanted to get it like on kickstarter so nice. it, it, it'll be coming later this year 
but yeah um you know I, I don't know if you were like this too when the monday night wars were going. so i so going back to what i asked you earlier I was really into it when I was like young, like when I was like, I remember when I was like five and I just like stink. I don't, it was the, it was the bleach blonde hair, the bright colors. Like there was nothing else to it. Right. I, I was little. Yeah. And so that was like 89, 90. And then I didn't really watch again after that till like, when it was my, we were going to my dad's friend's houses and they'd have it on. That's when I see it. And then I didn't watch it until like 98. Like I missed the NWO. I missed DX early. And in '98, all of a sudden, like my friends were watching it, and I was like, I was like, I knew who Hulk Hogan was. I knew who I knew who some people were. I didn't know who Stone Cold was. I knew, I knew that I knew like Austin. I'd heard Austin 316, but I didn't really know it. And like that summer '98, I started watching it with um, friends because like my first thing I saw was like Goldberg when he won't beat Hogan. Yeah, and and, then, and, and, and I was, yeah, and I was just like, holy shit! Like, because it was like a lot of people for like a Nitro. And and then um and then I started and I started rent I started going to Blockbuster, which Blockbuster is a video store. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't we and, feel old right now saying that? Yeah. Um. But I would go to Blockbuster. And I I would I started renting like each like I started running pay per views like in order because I, I I went on I went on the fledgling internet and figured out like what pay per views in order to watch and. I, I caught up on a lot of stuff and I watched like DXD, uh, DX VHSs and I watched NWO VHSs and like to catch up on who's who and all that. Cause there wasn't, there wasn't no Wikipedia. <laughs> there was no like YouTube. Right. So it's, it's mm-hmm. like whatever you can find out. Yeah. And then I just like became like, uh, I became like a, one of the super, like, you know, uh, smart marks. Cause I was reading the results. Like I would read results to SmackDown before I'd watch it. I'd read results Same to here. the taped Raws before I'd watch it. I'd, I'd, I'd actually tape I'd tape Nitro I'd watch the first hour of Nitro as I taped it and we had, we had like two tuners on my TV so I'd, mm-hmm. I'd switch it to the other tuner and I would um, I'd watch Raw live and then I'd watch Nitro right after Raw was over I'd watch the last two hours sometimes sometimes I'd flip but I didn't want to but, and I, I, for years I had all these video I, I just threw them out I had all these videotapes of like Nitro and Raw's like I, I would just use over because I eventually I'd have to like replace it because it would get worn. I I didn't even have cable, so it was like tougher for me. Mm-hmm. But like especially like during the, you know, it was a little part in '98 that I I started to watch. But really like uh, it was in '99 was like kicked up into real high gear, and I remember uh, that summer in particular. My grandma lives like about a mile away. She had cable, and she didn't mind that. Uh, that I would uh, spend the night in the summer on Monday nights so I could watch Nitro and watch Raw, just, uh, you know, get my mm-hmm. wrestling fix. Because <laughs> yeah. at, that, at that point, I had a little bit of the internet, but it was also renting tapes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or some, or, you know, depending on uh, people uh, recording uh, the, the uh, you know, weekly shows. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> but one moment in particular, you know, uh, you know, it was really awesome. Even to this day, it was uh, the debut of Chris Jericho, August oh, 9th, yeah. 1999 from the Allstate Arena. And uh, I had two cousins that were there. I'm still wow. jealous about that to this day. <laughs> and I, I was watching it at my grandma's and uh, I was thinking, wow, this is a hell of an entrance because I remember how, how they did it all. You know, they had the countdown to Y2J going on for a few months that summer. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was uh, beautifully set up so that when... Yeah, it, it was because it was it was like the countdown to the new millennium, but it was yeah, ending in August. Yeah, yeah. August yeah, of ninety nine. 
Yeah, countdown to new the new millennium, and uh, it went to zero right in the middle of the rock promo. <laughs> In, in, in the middle of the show so it's timed perfectly and from that moment on i became a chris jericho fan he's actually my favorite wrestler of all time and uh i never really wa- you know paid attention to any of the stuff in wcw before that but you know over the years i have and you know ecw and what he's done in, in japan mexico in the past but yeah from that point on i was just enamored with this guy in a you know, I I feel like, you know, it doesn't get talked about enough, but I do think Chris Jericho is one of the greatest of all time just because of the length of time he's been in wrestling, just because of how many times he evolved his character and been so different and taking chances. And, you know, here he is, 50 years old or 51 years old. He's the leader of AEW's locker room. I mean, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. He is, uh, you know, say what you want about John Moxley or Cody or the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega, but Chris Jericho was the known star going into that uh, promotion. And he has been the guy that carries them with promos every single week whenever he's there. And pretty damn good matches for a guy that's 50 years old. So, And that theme song is fire. Like well, I love that theme song. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I was actually I was actually at the first AEW Dynamite in DC. Oh, yeah, that must have been awesome. It, it was, and I was I was still into wrestling. I, I was actually added watching WWE for the most part at that point. But I went because I was like I was like you know I want I want to go because I was like it's the first one. Even yeah. if I don't watch this in a year, like it's the first one. It'll be it'll just be like an iconic night. And it was it was really cool to be there and to see like the first night when you see Jr. and Tony Schiavone come out and like to see the reaction for Schiavone especially because he had not been in the limelight in twenty years, yeah. right? Yeah. And Jr. I mean they both came out to Jr.'s music, but the Boomer Sooner. But you know seeing that and then and then, and then just like the whole night it was just like great like it was just a lot of fun stuff going on like the whole night and like the crowd was hot the whole night and it was like i hadn't seen that because i i started going to wrestling shows in like 2001 and you didn't see that i didn't see that in like years of wwe shows because it just had gotten so so bland of the crowds had gotten bland because like back when i first went it was when signs were everywhere crowd was like you wanted to get on tv and you wanted to be like energetic and like it just got very boring so so like aew was very much like that even without even though they didn't have signs because nobody does signs anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> true <laughs> unless they hand it to them you know i feel yeah. like that that is the case sometimes with some of these people but hey yeah that's about know. it yeah but yeah, but yeah r- wrestling's uh it, it's it's funny because i i am now like a it's considered a lapsed fan but i i still keep i keep an eye on it right like I, I, I know what's going on, but I don't necessarily pay attention to it all the time. Like I, I, I mostly follow the dirt sheets. Yeah, and that's an easy way to do it without having to actually watch the telecast. You know? Yeah, so, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be intrigued once they have fans back. Because I mean, I know AEW has had fans back, but I mean, like, like other than the pay per view and that, um, it w- it was pretty awesome. Uh, this last pay-per-view they had um, double or nothing. Mm-hmm. They, they had a full house at the uh, Daly's place in Jacksonville. And, you know, 
to hear that crowd sing that Chris Jericho theme song for them to sing other songs mm-hmm. since uh, Tony Khan has bought like rights over of uh, popular songs for some of these wrestlers, which is pretty cool. Like wild thing for John Moxley. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's perfect cool. for him. Absolutely perfect for him. Wow. And uh, <laughs> th- this guy, uh, jungle boy has like a, a jungle, a jungle book theme song. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> It really, it, 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 and it really gets the crowd going. And mm-hmm. so I, I, and, it, and it's such a, it's such a great way to boost them up. Even if like a show is like lacking, you could just bring out one of these guys and boom, it's a sing along with, you know, thousands of people. And yeah, with wrestling, you need crowds. You really do. Yeah. With, yeah. without the pandemic spend, you know, for, for all this time, it really was lacking as yeah. far as you know watching the product yeah it was i mean it, they, they did the best they could they really did yeah. like there's yeah. no doubt about it but it just it just didn't work for for a lot of people i mean it, was, it wasn't just me um i mean I, I had stopped watching wwe about a year before that happened but still i, I would check in every now and then and i just like i'd see like no crowd i'm like i i can't do it <laughs> Uh, at least AEW had a little bit of a crowd, but uh, WWE was just having a whole bunch of screens in the background was just just weird to see. Yeah, yeah, for just sure. Piped in, piped in noise and fake reactions. It was just bizarre to me, man. Yeah, yeah, it really was. But hopefully now we're moving past it. And one ironic thing I noticed is, so AEW's moved from having Saturday Saturday pay per views to Sundays, and now yeah. rumor is WWE's moving from Sundays to Saturdays. I did not know about yes, WWE. SummerSlam will be on a Saturday, from what I've read. That one, I, I didn't know if that was a permanent thing, but I do. I And I have heard, uh, yeah, that Saturday in particular, that is supposed to be in Vegas at the uh, the big football stadium there, mm-hmm. the, the, Ra- the Raiders one. But it, there seems to be a conflict uh, with scheduling because... <laughs> Isn't there like so, boxing or UFC or something? There's supposedly a Manny Pacquiao fight that's yeah. uh, going on that night. So, uh, no offense to the WWE, uh, more people are going to be wanting to pay attention there to Manny Pacquiao than the WWE. And, and, and Vegas isn't Vegas isn't a town to to draw for wrestling. Like it never has been. Never, never has been. Never yeah. has been at all. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we got our fill of all your interests, which are a lot of my interests, so it, it works well for me. Um, makes it easy right yeah uh so now i like to do a segment which i call brett's corner which is the wrap-up of the show uh where i ask you five questions uh which are varied so question number one what movie tv show or event are you most excited for in the coming year i'm gonna go with uh the 2021 summer olympics in tokyo awesome just because um you know now it's been it will be five years since the last summer Olympics. And I, I just, even the winter Olympics, I just like the Olympics in general, because you get to watch uh, sports that you gen- like for me, I, I I'm not going to be watching uh, women's gymnastics other than the Olympics or, you yeah. know, any swimming events, but it, it's just, it's fun for those few weeks to see things that you, you don't normally see and to see, you know, your country, uh, kick ass in a lot of those things so awesome yeah i i I like it because it's a it's a different answer than i've gotten um so that's awesome 
Um, yeah, I, I always like, and it's always, it's always nice when you see your country win the gold, right? Always when they play the yeah. theme song, the national anthem. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number two, what are two non-health related goals you have for the next year? I, well, one of them was talked about earlier, but I'll mention it again. Um, I really want to go to Nashville mm-hmm. badly just to, you know, I had such a miserable time the last time I went to Nashville and for that to be the beginning of what this journey is to be able to go there and to be able to experience the things um, to its fullest extent and to be comfortable for the most part in doing those things. That would be pretty epic. That would put my journey into full circle, like I mentioned earlier. And I would also love to go to Vegas. And uh, I haven't been to Vegas since uh, 2017. And whether it's that or it's somewhere else where I I travel, I cannot wait for the moment that I can step into a plane and get one seat. Because I have never been able to go on a plane without having to get two seats. So that will be, that will be a non-scale victory. That will be unlike any other man. Yeah. Yeah. I I shared this uh, uh, with some friends. I don't know if anyone who's out there who needs two seats still, but if you ever fly Southwest, they refund you after the fact for the second. I do know that. And then that was the go-to airline for a while. Just because a lot of people don't know it, so I always like to share it whenever it comes up because it's 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 a go-to for people that need it, right? Absolutely. That way you're not you're not losing that money permanently. Um, yeah, and uh, Vegas is one of my like ultimate goal. When I hit my ultimate goal, is I want to do I want to do the zipline over Fremont Street. Oh man, that's exactly what I want to do. Yeah, beautiful. That's that's awesome. I hey, love maybe that. maybe one day we'll do it together, right? That that would be pretty epic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but but I, I know I need to be like under I think it's under two seventy five or three hundred something like that. Oh, so that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, it's somewhere in that range. Um, someone else in the community told me about it, and I was like, man, I, I and I saw it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm afraid of heights, but I'm gonna fuck, I'm gonna fucking do that because <laughs> I, <laughs> I I want like I just want to do it because I can, and there's a net, right. so I feel a little better about it. Sure. Um. All right. Question three. If someone came to you say they were lacking the motivation to stay consistent, what three pieces of advice would you give them? You have to be patient. This, uh, this doesn't happen overnight, so it takes time. Uh, don't be afraid to ask questions, especially those that have uh, gone through this and uh, can understand where you're coming from. And you need to build discipline because that will carry you over time and uh eventually motivation only lasts so long you know so you need to hold on to that discipline to carry you through for you know as long as you want on this journey for sure i love those those great 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 advice all right number four what have you discovered about your journey or transformation that surprised you the most so far well uh I'll say my openness about my, uh, my past, mm-hmm. not being afraid to, um, you know, talk about the uncomfortable things and being comfortable with doing so. 
my self-belief in myself and my confidence for sure. Um, because I had a lack of confidence for a very long time. And as this time has gone by for the last two plus years, I, I feel like it just keeps growing and growing and not just with the health journey, but all aspects of life. And it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. And I feel like a completely different person that hasn't yet uh, fulfilled uh, my full potential. So. Awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. All, all that stuff is so important and so awesome to see. Right. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Last question. It's everyone's favorite. If in 150 years, science fails to save us and all that is left in the whole world is a book about your life. What would the title be? And what would the blurb tell us about Frank? I thought about this one for a while. You know, I, 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 I'd call it excuses no more because before this journey, my entire life was full of excuses, full of, you know, everybody else was at fault instead of me. And when I finally looked in the mirror, and took responsibility and, and owned my shit and, uh, you know, took action instead of wondering what if, and, you know, stopped bitching about things and, uh, took control of my life. That's when everything changed for me. So I feel like, um, when any of us get rid of the excuses, it changes our mindset completely. So, yeah. For, for, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, Frank, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. It was a, it was a long one, but I, I think the conversation was awesome. Thanks, Brett. I yeah, appreciate uh, it. And just so if anyone wants to, wants to reach out to you on Instagram, where can they find you at? At Frank is losing weight. Awesome. And I will link your account in the show notes of this episode. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening all the way to the end. You made it. Congratulations. Uh, make sure you check out the show notes, like I said, for the links. Uh, and be sure to check out my website, becomingbrett.com. You can find me on Instagram at becomingbrett, also on Twitter. And then the show at becomingmorepod on Instagram. Uh, until next time, give us a five-star review or give us a four-star and let us know what, what we can do to be better. And come back next week to learn how we can all become more. <laughs>